This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're showing off our shapely bottoms as we watch spine number 55 in the Criterion Collection, Phil Kaufman's The Unbearable Lightness of Being from 1989. But first, RJ, how is Edmonton? What? Man, Edmonton was pretty good. It was pretty good. So I went up to Edmonton for the weekend, me and the lady. We went uh, for a com a stand up comedy show. A comedy Have you ever heard of such a, a, a thing? A comedy concert. I'm familiar with. A comedy concert, uh, a just for laughs type of deal, not not affiliated with just for laughs. Although it might be, I don't know. Who knows? Who gives a shit? Who who cares? Yeah. So we were up in Edmonton. Uh, we had a pretty good trip. Hit the donut mill and uh, Red Deer both ways. If yeah. anyone's not familiar, it's making headlines. Yeah. So you you you'll know soon enough, I suppose. Yeah, it literally was. Uh, I put Red Deer, Alberta, on the map. Um, it as, did? As, a, as a tourist uh, destination. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, tourist destination. It's uh, in Gasoline Alley. Uh, this big old windmill called the Donut Mill. It's got pretty good donuts, if I say so myself. Mm-hmm. Are they the best? Maybe not, but uh, they're worth getting both ways because they're donuts that's for damn sure and they're, not, they're donuts yeah uh what, what any highlights of the donut batch you got mm, i think uh i think just like the old-fashioned sugar like mm. the, the old-fashioned ones i uh, i have a soft spot for those i i think a good mark of like the bakery itself is if you just get like an old-fashioned donut either plain or sugared or whatever yeah and you see how they can handle that and uh that's usually a good uh a good way to test the bakery as a whole. Yeah. See how they handle those plain donuts. Yeah, I usually, I usually uh, tr- use the uh, glazed donut for my uh, test. Glazed. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, so you, basically just you get a plain donut and you see how it is. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we hit that up and then uh, we went up to the place and we went to a hotel that's right across from what? a strip club. You went to a hotel? We did. Yeah, it's across from Shade Gentlemen's Club, and uh, on one night there was a Ferrari parked out front, so that's pretty neat. Um, I don't know if it was owned by someone, a patron of the strip club, or maybe just the owner, and he rented it for a night or something. That's probably more likely to is, try to is class this, up. Is uh, this the strip club Shade? Yes, Shade Gentlemen's Club. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know you're a frequent there. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I've stayed at the hotel that you stayed at before, and I, I've seen mm-hmm. shade from my uh, hotel room window and gone, God, right. like, is that I'm, place still in business? I, it's hard to tell. I'm sure you've seen it for, from more than just the hotel window. Mm-hmm. But, from uh, sniffer row, Sniffer's Row? Sniffer's Row? Oh, that's a gross way to put it. <sighs> uh, well, I, I guess that's topical for the movie, though. Foreshadowing. <laughs> um, yeah, so we stayed up there, hit some uh, some fancy restaurants. We went to a place called Meat. <laughs> where we got the, uh, yeah, it was called Meat. Yeah, M E A T. M E A T. Yeah. So uh, I sent a picture to my buddy Ham Meat, which we affectionately call people who are close to him call Meat. Yeah. So he liked that. Uh, we got some chicken and ribs. They were pretty good. The fried chicken was very good. The ribs were a little too smoky. Whoa. A little too smoky. I don't. I don't know what it was. There, it was a little overpowering. 
Hmm. So I, I, I find my, I think I'm a rib connoisseur. I think I've talked about that before. Yeah. Via the rib fest episode four or five, whenever I went there. Uh, so that was good. And then we went to a fancy Italian restaurant, got some fancy Italian foods. I had some gentleman adult drinks, some uh, Manhattans and some old fashions. Did you put the Just man like from the in Sims- Manhattan? No, no, uh, no. I uh, I uh, I had a drink and then I spilt it on the floor. I was like, "Oops, it's too strong." What? Oh, That's how people do things, right? Jeez. Well, I did drink it and then I shivered. I was like, "Ugh." I was like, "This is a strong drink." Goddamn. <laughs> Uh, so that was pretty good, and then uh, yeah, we uh, we also went to West Edmonton Mall, world famous, biggest mall in America, or in North America you, at one point. At one point, <laughs> at one, I don't think it is anymore. I think Texas has a bigger one, but that was its claim to fame for many years, was it not? It was. Yeah, biggest mall in America, and uh, we went inside, and Andrea's first just gut reaction was, man. Uh, this place was a lot more glamorous as a little kid. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I think the magic is still there, but you kind of have to, you kind of have to get into some of the other aspects of it. Like you stay at that fantasy land hotel where they have all the theme rooms. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm, go re- to the water park. Yeah. You go down that slide that uh, simulates a toilet where you get dropped out like a turd. That's pretty fun. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the pirate ship, the submarine. The submarine. Uh, they have sea lions. They used to have dolphins, but yeah. I think that was unsavory. Yeah, these. I remember and, uh, the dolphins. <laughs> yeah, I remember the dolphins too. But uh, yeah, now they have sea lions. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't actually spend too much time there. I was I was going to go to a movie because Andrew was like, we got there at like 1030, like right when it opened. And uh, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go shopping. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to leave then. Because if when we go shopping together, I'm usually just standing around behind her and it's creepy. So uh, I was like, I'm just going to go leave. And I was going to go see a movie, but stupid fucking movie theater didn't open until like 1230. And it went to, and the movie I was going to go see is two hours long. It wasn't going to work. So then I was going to go to the gun range. And uh, that didn't work out either because they got a gun range there. That's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. You can just shoot bullets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went. I was going to go to the Hooters. What? It's yeah, like you can, you can shoot bullets as opposed bullets. to other things that you shoot from guns. Bars? Yeah. Continue. Hot air. Continue. Yeah. And then so and then I was going to go. They have this big like uh, they have this kind of alley where it's all restaurants that you like sit down in. And uh, there used, I was going to go to the Hooters. And uh, have some wings and some cold ones with the boys, uh, and uh, <laughs> the, I the, the the boys as in you, as in me, yes, yeah, singular. One time when I was younger, uh, when I was like fifteen or sixteen, me and my brother were there, and uh, we drank a lot of beer, and then we had to go to the hotel room and sleep. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Hooters is all about. I think it's a family restaurant now, but uh, I was saddened to find out that it n- no longer exists there. Aww. They took it out, and there's a Hudson's there now, which I feel mm. is not not the same vibe as Hooters. So um, I was saddened by that. That's a bummer. So that was West Ed, and then uh, the city itself smelled like sewage. So that's fun. Wow. Uh, I always I always thought Edmonton was like a nice city, and then this weekend it was just like, oh god, everything just smelled like fucking hot toilet dump. What everywhere f- huh you know i was there I like know, I, I was a week, there a week ago rj and uh, I, I think did you I did you did you bring the uh the Krebsville stink with you i might have i might have there was a lot of construction everywhere so i think there was a lot of open uh open lines in different areas 
I, I don't know, man. Hmm. It, uh, but we were walking around and uh, even Andrea looked at me and she's like, fuck, it smells bad out here. And I was like, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It really does. I don't know what that was about. Uh, but then, yeah, we went to a comedy show. We went to see John Mulaney, a, a Chicago native. Um, he's a pretty cool dude. I like him quite a bit. Uh, he's Andrea's favorite comic. He's got two specials on Netflix. And those are both very good. Uh, I think he excels at creating a stand-up like special or like a stand-up as a whole. All his jokes flow very well together, unlike me, who can't even talk some days. Mm-hmm. Uh, his stuff's very well written, where his transitions are pretty seamless. Um, so he was there. He had an opener, some uh, young lady who was on Stephen Colbert at one point. Her mm. her stand-up was very dark. It was all abortions mm. and uh, things of that nature. So uh, hers was pretty dark. But uh, he was there, and he was really good. Uh, me and Andrea both laughed very much. Uh, he covered all sorts of things from Willy Wonka to David Lynch to the Blair Witch. Huh. Um, so he was all over the map. But it was so, great. So many pop culture references. Those, that, that wasn't even like, well, Willy Wonka, he did a whole bit on, but uh, David Lynch and uh, Blair Witch, he just used as some uh, some quick little jabs at, to f- precursor his punchlines. You know, he's setting a context. Okay. <laughs> he's setting a context. But yeah, the show was great. We had fun. And then we came home and we're like, we're not going to go back for a while. Mm-hmm. As you do when you leave your house for more than a couple days. I hear You're that. just like, fuck, why did we leave? Let's go hang out with the cats. We can get donuts at home. Yeah. And uh, we can watch this guy on the TV. Yep. <laughs> but uh, his special, I, I believe, will go to a Netflix, Netflix eventually. And this tour is called Kid Gorgeous. So whenever that comes out, I'll, uh, I'll watch it and I'll see how much of what we saw made it into the final the special. Uh, yes. Yeah, because I think he like because he started out, he did a, a whole bunch like five, ten minutes on like Edmonton and Alberta. Yeah. Like not really jokes, but he you know, he he played to the crowd. And <laughs> I, I, I imagine when they do these tours, you you test out different jokes in different places and see what lands best. Mm-hmm. And then you do the special at the end with all your primo stuff. So it's all we'll uh, R&D, I guess. The R&D. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're 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 got dang tootin'. So uh, yeah, it uh, it was it blew by in a in a flash, man. We were there and then we were back. Now you're back to stupid reality. Stupid reality and work and heat and extreme weather warnings. Hey, you know what's pretty funny actually? Uh, when we went up there, that's when a tornado touched down in Three Hills, Alberta. Mm-hmm. We didn't drive by, but we were in a general area. Yep. And uh, someone took a picture of a guy mowing a lawn with the tornado behind him, and that became a huge internet sensation. Alleged internet sensation. Alle- allegedly. Yeah. No, it's big. I've seen it all over. The Twitter, the Instagram, you, the Facebook. The, the Canadian network that you're on. Hey, I saw Zach Braff post a picture about it on Twitter, so oh. I don't think he, he's too tapped into the Canadian underground. Uh, yeah, big leagued me there. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I, I knew some. I, I came prepared to this thing. Right. Unlike you, mm. I, I take this job seriously, so yeah. I, uh, I check my uh, sources. Yeah. Well, yeah. We so, thank you for that. Yeah. So that was me. What did What did you do while I was gone? Ah. Uh my weekend i went to a family reunion oh god no are you okay 
I'm, I'm fine. Uh, I basically just found out that, like, my mom's dad's side of the family, they're all farmers. And they're mm. still they're all still farmers to various degrees. Um, yeah. no, no politics were discussed because I kind of have a feeling I knew where that would go. Um, living yes. here in Alberta. Oh, uh, uh, well, you, you would have all been in good company. Mm-hmm. But, Quite, uh, right? yeah, I don't know. All decent folk, RJ. Decent folk. <laughs> Just, uh, middle of America, plain, you know, uh. <laughs> yeah. Plain, plain spoken folk immigrated from Virginia. And uh, nice, here they nice, are, nice. still living the life with horses and such. Hmm. I think that's pretty neat. Yeah, Did it was you fine. meet some nice people? Yeah, they, everyone was really nice. There was a lot of kids uh, running around. What kind of kids? Uh, the short kind. Short not, kids? Yeah, oh, not, not, not the Larry Clark kids, but... Uh, <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that reference, so I'm just going to gloss over it. Fine. So people don't... People don't know I'm dumb. <laughs> um, well, RJ, that didn't stop you from commenting on Letterboxd with uh, Joshua Frazier's uh, five-star uh, <laughs> review of kids. <laughs> I and, thought and, that was Harmony Coran or whatever her, uh, well, it's, their name it's, is. Dr- it's directed by Larry Clark, written by, at the time, 14-year-old Harmony Coran. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I, I kind of know what I'm talking about. <laughs> do, hey. do you... <laughs> I I've never well actually that's not true I was gonna say I've never claimed to be the uh, the uh, proper one here but mm. um, I feel like I just said that like five seconds ago so yeah. I can't stand by anything I say yeah uh, I'm just one of those guys who comments on things on the internet yeah. without any actual knowledge you fit right in uh, the other half of my weekend was doing inventory at the comic book store like just moving Lame. stuff around, moving stuff around and. Uh, that was a very long part of my day. I had to wind up missing uh, some WWE pay-per-view smackin. Oh no! Yep, you know, didn't get to watch the show. It sounded like did it was... anything eventful happen? Uh, main event was supposed to be really good. Everything else was uh, as bad as you'd expect. But who was oh, the main event? It was a fatal five-way, RJ. Fatal. It was uh, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. Uh, and someone else, Bray Wyatt, if I didn't see him already. Mm-hmm. But Samoa, well, who won? Samoa Joe came out victorious, so he will be facing Brock Lesnar next month at the pay-per-view yes. Great Balls of Fire. Is that seriously what it's called? That is seriously what it's called. What the fuck? Yeah. Isn't that copyrighted by Jerry Lewis? Yeah, actually, as a while as I was waiting for you uh, to finish watching uh, the new episode of uh, Twin Peaks, I was just listening yeah. to how apparently, like the the state of Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis, I guess, is still alive. And uh, yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, he's just so super appa- old. apparently, his lawyer like got in contact with uh, uh, a radio, one of the wrestling radio guys, say, "Hey, who should I talk to at WWE about this Great Balls of Fire business?" Because uh, Jerry mm-hmm. Lewis owns that and uh, so apparently they got in contact and it all worked out just fine and uh, now they're using the music so really <laughs> yeah it, it, well, we, so it, they, it didn't turn into like a big thing where they had to change the name to something sl- slightly less bad but yeah there's a really good image I guess mm-hmm. like at one point the logo uh, that they were running with was like two like meteorites with big flames falling behind it that definitely looked like a penis Oh yeah, it's it great. Why, why would they use two meteorites for balls? <laughs> yeah, 
Okay, well, that's not super surprising, I yeah. guess. But yeah. uh, uh, I always pictured meatballs in that song. Hmm, no. That might just be me, but uh, you ever had like a super spicy meatball? That's what I picture a great ball of fire. Hmm. Hey, RJ. Uh, since, Yo. You've been, since you've been so busy lately, uh, have you managed to creep on anything? I only did one creep for you. That's it. I've been very busy. I actually, I'm just going to say now, June will be very busy for me for work, so I'll have very little time. But I'll, I'll try to get in at least one each week for you because I know the fans really care about the movies that I watch mm-hmm. because I, I watch quality stuff. But uh, I actually went to the theater and watched a brand new movie this week. Without me. And it was uh, without – well, I asked you when you would want to go and you your reply was – uh, I'm too busy to go to movies anymore because I'm Jarrett and uh, <laughs> and then you burped and that was it and you just started walking away you trailed off <laughs> that's actually pretty close to what you said you're just like I don't go to movies I was like alright whatever mm-hmm. uh, I st- I'll go back to it with you if that makes you feel any better uh, but spoiler well, alert I'm pretty sure you're going to hate this movie <laughs> what movie did you go see RJ I went to the DC Comics movie Wonder Woman. Hmm. Or as I was saying to a lot of people, Wonder Worm. And everyone was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, man, my jokes are not good. Or not Wonder Woman? Wonder Worm. Yeah. Because it's funny. Um, Yeah, so I went to Wonder Woman because it's hot new DC stuff. Mm -hmm. You know I'm all about that shit. Yeah, well, I believe the very very first movie ever discussed on the Criterion Creeps podcast Mm -hmm. was Suicide Squad. Thanks, RJ, for making that so it's our banner on our Criterion Creeps podcast uh, letterbox list. It's great. Whatever. Whatever. I don't feel bad for you or me. I Mm -hmm. think that's great. I think people will come to realize how cool we are for doing that. Um. Yeah, so I went to Wonder Woman. Yep. Uh, everyone's talking about it. Made all the money in the world. Made some money. Uh, it's, broke you know, some records. It's, you know, it's a little overstated, I think. I think there's an agenda, RJ. I think there's an agenda uh, underfoot, I think, to uh, push the... I don't know. The internet works mysterious ways. So uh, I heard it broke some records for biggest debut for a female director <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh breakdowns here and hey i'm not trying to be the uh marvel uh naysayer because those movies really oh, those movies really stink but yeah. it's pretty obvious that there's a lot of like you know for this this period of the moon being in phase uh this film actually broke these particular records as well i'm sure someone could just say mm. that but who the fuck cares anyway who cares, who cares? so not so let's just get past that bullshit how okay. is this movie rj because as i've said uh, I have my suspicions about this movie uh, mm-hmm. it being a female-led character. It's sort of the refurbish of the DCU movies, which have kind of been taking a drumming mm-hmm. online. Um, and there's like a lot of like also things where like, well, we're just going to pretend that those Lego movies don't exist, which are also like technically yeah. DC superhero movies just in Lego. Mm-hmm. But we're, yeah. we'll, we'll ignore them because uh, we want to talk about Wonder Woman. Right. Right, exactly. So you asked how it is. I don't know if you're aware, Jarrett, but I think this bad boy is sitting at over a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes I'm right a, now. I'm aware. I believe I was so this, sen- I was sending you these percentages. <laughs> so this has a why a universal acceptance uh, rating right now. Everyone seems to like this. They, they, yeah, I, well, which doesn't say that they love the movie. This is like they're positive on it. They're very yeah. They're very positive. I will say I'll just I'll cut it straight. I think it's good. I enjoyed it. Ninety over ninety percent, no fucking way. It is a solid 
70 percent mm. maybe an 80 like it's a three and a half i do believe so i if you go I to if you use met if you use yeah. metacritic i believe it is around closer to that grade like it's it was that, like in that 70 yeah. percent range yeah yeah i think that's fair um i i gave it a three and a half uh i think you could give it four if you kind of could see over past a few things i think three and a half is fair uh it's good i liked it but it's got some serious cheese and I mean cheese, baby. Uh, certain things where I and this is when I said what? that you will hate it. Well, certain things like how is it, is it set in Wisconsin? The, no, it's. I wish. Uh, it's kind of things like the greatest power is love, and you know you can triumph over things, all evil by love and being good and and like i mean like that's what comic books are so no i get it no they're not but uh <laughs> so i prefer you know, you, know what, you know what you know what comic is not that from hell what? yeah okay, okay. <laughs> yeah but i'm talking i'm talking i'm talking superhero comics no and, and, and don't don't say watchmen or v for vendetta <laughs> v for vendetta okay most comics are not about love Unless they okay, star okay. women, because comic creators are sexist. Oh, Jared, we're gonna get torn apart. No, now. it's 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 okay. Oh, so okay, continue. here's the thing. I think it's pretty good. It's entertaining, okay. and it's a it's a well put together movie. There's not a ton of holes. There's just some stuff that like you would you would your head would crank at. You'd be like, oh, come on. But I think for like a kid audience, this is fucking great. If cool. I was like under fifteen, I would be like, fuck yeah. This movie rules. Um, the story is all good. It's pretty much exactly what you would expect. It goes beat for beat what you would expect. Even like there's a half-ass twist near the end where it like mm. reveals the real bad guy. And half you're ass. pretty much the – well, the entire time you're like, okay. Is it, is it, now, it. And now are we talking like Rocketeer twists? <laughs> I've never seen the Rocketeer, so I don't know. Fuck off. Really? No, I, I heard <gasps> it was bad. I watched it. No. Okay, no. Okay. Well. He, he, well. So here's here's the thing. Like, she thinks the bad guy is someone, but like, it's someone else. <laughs> well, yeah. It turns out to be someone else, but I think the audience is led to believe that it's like, okay, we know that he isn't the bad guy. We just don't know who is yet. Or I don't know. Maybe I'm overlooking it. Like, I think they tried to shoehorn that in, and I think that's like where this movie does do things like that pretty good. Like, I think it is pretty self conscious that certain things like uh some of the villains are like super maniacal and like over the over the top like they're not bad danny houston is in this and he's pretty fucking sweet and the late the lady villain dr poison she's really good but they're like they're like over the top like poison like mustache twist uh twisting villains and they actually work pretty good um gal gadot is really good as wonder woman uh chris pine is really good as steve trevor um, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know why I didn't like it more. There's just, I think, honestly, I think some of the humor killed it for me. And I, I think that is a one thing that most people say is the best part. Or not the best part, but, like, one of the better parts. Because it's like, oh, yeah, all the other DC movies are so doomy and, like, gloom and all, all this stuff. Like, it's nice to have some, some levity and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I, I thought some of the humor was like, ugh gross it's um it's kind of marvel uh, the action is pretty good be but why, there yeah. is one one thing they do a little too much they do uh some Zack snyder slow-mo 
it is used excessively. Ramp up, I believe I've seen people refer to it as speed ramp ups. Yeah. It slowing is, down and building fasting up. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's done well, but it's it's used too much. Mm. I, I after like I don't know. After the first half hour when I saw it like four times, I was like, man, I hope the rest of the movie isn't like this. And then it was. So I don't know. The plot is really cool, like taking place in World War One. But it raises some interesting questions. <laughs> like where the fuck was she during World War Two? And like because in, in BVS, you're led to believe that like something tragic happened that like took her out of like out of society because she's like, oh, no, I can't do it. But the way Wonder Woman ends is just like, yeah, I had a pretty bad time in World War One, but I'm cool now and I'm going to help out with everyone. So you're like, what's really going on here, DC? Well, comics, that, that'll be there. That'll be the Winter Woman sequel. Winter Woman. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so it's like bottom line. It's good. I was entertained. Uh, I don't think it's great by any means. Uh, I it's better than the Marvel movies. I'll say that in my like for my personal preference, but ninety five percent it is not. Uh, BVS is still the uh, the top of the pillar for these new movies for them. I'll I'll watch that fucker no problem. Cool. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I think like uh, I don't think you will like it. Mm. <laughs> but I I don't I don't think anyone thought that you would like it. Yeah, I don't know. I'll give it a shot. Um, I'm you, get, you you actually you might surprise us. You I might have, actually. I, you know, I I've, know, I've still never seen a trailer for it or anything. I like don't. I don't even know what the movie looks like. Like nothing, nothing you're, at all. You're, I, I, you're I know, the per- know, perfect person. I know there's something about Mike Mountain Horse. Uh, what the fucking junior high school on the west side? Uh, or the guy from Standoff Chief. There's a character in it, Chief. Oh yeah. Oh, there is there a chief, a character named Chief. You know what he does in this movie, Jared? What? Smoke signals. Ah. Uh... Yeah, because he's the Indian guide, and he's got some hot lines about how the white man took his land. But apparently, he's from Standoff, which isn't yeah. too far from here. That's right. Yeah, there's some there's a, a few cliched stereotypical characters like Chief, and then there's. A uh, mixed ethnicity man in Fez, who is like the uh, the humor. He's like, there's a whole island of these women. Uh, how do we get there? And his bow tie is spinning. That's an actual <laughs> joke in the movie. Oh. And then um, there's uh, the guy from Train Spotting who shits the bed. He's in this movie for absolutely zero reason. Hmm. But no, I don't know. It's it's not bad. I might like it more if I uh, when I watch it again. Okay. And I will watch it again. So I don't know. You, I don't know what you'll do. I, I my gut tells me you wouldn't like it, but you might surprise us. Okay. Well, Chanel has uh, kind of said she has some interest in seeing it, but ah, we'll see. We'll see. Make a day of it. It's like these fucking movies. Why are they always over two hours long? That's the thing that kills me. Everything in the theater right now is over two hours I long, know. except for that fucking uh, Amy Schumer movie. But who cares about that? Yeah, I don't even. What was the last movie we went to? Like Kong, I think maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's like March. the last movie I saw in theater. I, man, it's hard to justify. Then like I was looking, at, I, was, I was thinking about going to see something on Monday, and I was looking over at the the cheapo theater to see if there's anything at all I want. No, 
not not one movie I wanted to see. It's pretty. It'll be another like month before the yeah. stuff that's out right now will be there. So I might just wind up seeing that. I might see Wonder Woman before then. We'll see. I don't know. I I'd say I'm maybe see decisive. Wonder Woman before, and then you and me can go see King Arthur when it goes to the cheap theater. Yeah. And yeah. we'll talk about that on the show. Yeah, we'll talk about old Chuck Hunnam. Chuck Hunnam, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, that was all I watched uh, other than our weekly roundup on uh, David Lynch and uh, the world of Twin Peaks. Yeah. So I, uh, you, you, you just mainlined that yeah. new episode from that Sunday. Yeah. We're coming in a little late because I had to uh, power that fucker through right away. Yeah. But um, why don't you why don't you take over? Uh, yeah, so new episode of Twin Peaks popped up as it does on Sundays for the next, uh, I don't know, 13 weeks or something like that. Um, yep. yeah, and, uh, this is, I like this episode quite a bit. Uh, I'd, mm. I'd even argue maybe it was like one of my favorite episodes so far of The Batch in some ways. It like, it had, okay. it had a right, the right amount of everything that Twin Peaks does. Like it had the comedy, it had the like kind of. Uh, kind of directionlessness, multiple storylines being introduced, and you don't know where they're going, and also the like mm-hmm. great darkness of like an, an incoming doom, and you don't know how that's going to play out. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of it, actually, there was stuff in the episode that I watched, and then like I went online to read like other people's thoughts on it, and then I was like, oh my god, fuck, that was Mike. Like, I didn't realize that was Mike from the original Twin Peaks as the guy interviewing um, our boy uh, Jujitsu. Um, so remember there's Bobby oh, Caleb Landry Jones so yeah. the, guy, the guy interviewing him for the job and gives him yeah. he says what an asshole that's Mike of Bobby and Mike from Twin Peaks oh really yeah it's like I didn't I, I didn't notice that well, at I, all. I, I kept looking at him like why is he so familiar like I couldn't place him I couldn't put my finger on him because I'm like who is this and then like I don't know yeah. he, and then after I was reading something mentioned, mentioned Mike and I'm like Mike because I always think of Mike as like one armed Mike of like Mike and his guy Bob but then yeah. I'm like but then uh, uh, then I saw Mike and Bobby oh shit it's like his buddy like Donna's boyfriend in the early at the beginning of uh, Twin Peaks who are like yeah. Dr- yeah and I was like shit it's him all grown up and it's like because you never get a name of him you never get his name or anything like that it's just oh there he yeah. is and he gets, gets to rip a strip out of Caleb and uh yeah so that was great uh and then yeah this show just started dropping the the big movie actor cameos uh fucking right I your buddy. I I squealed aloud when I saw Tom Sleesmore <laughs> pop up <laughs> in that meeting like I was like fuck mm-hmm. Because like I had no idea Tom Sizemore yep. was on the show at all. I knew I knew about the other one. Uh, I knew about old mm-hmm. Jim Belushi, who actually uh, works very well as just a heavy. It's like yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah he's a big bruiser-looking dude. Uh, my my good friend T Bag from Prison Break, uh, whatever mm-hmm. that actor's name is, he's in it. He's great. Ernie Hudson. Yep, he shows I know. up. Winston. <laughs> well, I I can't think of, I remember his name, but he's like uh, he was the warden on the uh, TV show Oz as well. Um, Ernie Hudson? Yeah. He, he'll forever be Winston. Come yeah, on. He, but he's most well-known as Winston, yes. But, uh, yeah, he yeah. shows up, and I was like, man, they're just dropping them, like, all in one episode. This is yep. this is neat. And uh, Oh, you, you missed one. Uh, my girl from Suburgatory, more, more recently, your buddy from his movie Fide Alvarez's Don't Breathe, the female lead, Jane Levy, she's in the bar. 
for two seconds she's looking back she's in a booth looking okay. back at the dude smoking who's like he's like i'm a cool dude i'm you, ashen oh, on a table but but did you, um, you since you were kind of pressed for time uh are you yep. aware of who that character is i do of, i'm of, not of, of this, i don't think of, of this man so was uh, there any indication of it, who he was in the in the credits at the end when they're doing the scroll over uh, yeah. uh, Cooper, just looking at the space of the statue, mm-hmm. uh, that actor's character's name is Richard Horn. So this would lead me to conclude that that, I guess, would be Audrey Horn's son. Audrey Horn's son. Yes. Hmm. So this then leads me to like other thoughts of like, oh, that guy really has that Frank Booth vibe. So I'm like, oh, oh did, did, no. did, did bad things happen with doppelganger Cooper when he left? And all, all those oh, things like he would never no. touch a high school girl when when he was good I Cooper. See. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the, the, the direction things are headed. Okay. I did not piece that together. No, but, but it's uh, like there, there was no way you could really piece it together based on like what they yeah. actually said in the episode. But in the, after I saw Richard Horn, my mind's like, fuck. Yeah, okay. I'm like, he looks like he's in his 20s. <laughs> like he's probably 27 years old, 25. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, he's got like his like intensity. And like that's like the dark David Lynch characters that like he's famous for. And that, that seems like pretty, yeah. that seems pretty crazy. Um, yeah, like I said, I, yeah. I, yeah, no, that, that whole episode I thought was like really good. Um, even though yeah. like it didn't move things like ahead terribly much, it just kind of set more stuff up. Uh, but yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, what do you do think? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, totally the same. I thought it was great. Um, I've honestly, I've enjoyed all of these episodes. Like there, I don't know if there's any that have stood out more for me than others. I just like them all, man. And like watching this, like I was pressed f- for time, mm. but uh, I was watching it and I was like, hmm, I wonder how much is left. And I, I clicked it on and there was like eight minutes left. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it's like it, it goes by so like so easy. It's just mm-hmm. you, you can totally you just watch it and you just yeah. drift away, man. Yeah. Unlike you some, just drift un- away. Unlike some three hour movies. Uh, yeah, th- th- that's exactly. Being, so anyway, uh, after so I watched that Twin Peaks. Uh, I did. Yes. Wa- so after watching that new episode, though, I became very I was like, you know what? I should watch the pilot again. It's been a while since I watched the pilot of the original uh, show. Yeah. And it was just like going home, RJ, just coming home. Uh, Twin Peaks, just, yeah, very special place in my heart. I've watched that pilot, uh, lots, like lots and lots and lots. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like kind of crazy, just like how in the first like hour and a half of the Twin Peaks universe, how many iconic moments, uh, Lynch Mm -hmm. pulls off just in that alone. Um, just like the scenes, like even in that high school before, like, uh, the students find out that Laura Palmer's dead. Uh, the kid who like puts the stuff into his locker and does like the sideways dance, waving his arms <laughs> side to side, yeah. doing a weird moonwalk that. And then like, just as like uh, the teacher in homerooms being informed of what's happened. And like Dawn is looking around and you hear this scream and this girl just comes running across the schoolyard uh, through the glass. Mm-hmm. It's just like, which they actually did use again in the uh, first episode of twin peaks. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just like, Oh man. It's like this stuff is so great, um, and and for the and like I mean, yeah. there's like part of it is like I kind of remember the era of TV that this show came out of, and like so like mm-hmm. there's probably like aspects of it that are dated, I guess, as far as like television production goes and stuff like that. But it's like compared to like things coming out in 1989, 1990, it was so ahead of the curve. Like it really feels right. it, it feels like a movie. Like you're watching an actual like. 
uh, mm-hmm. studio movie that's doing a television show and like doing stuff episodically. Um, and like weird weirdness, like the comedy stuff and strange changes in tone. They're all there in the first like what pilot and first two episodes after that. Like it's mm-hmm. all like set up. I mean, the one thing I'd say that I don't know. Okay, my one complaint with Twin Peaks The Return <gasps> Is the oh, dr- no. the drone footage, <laughs> the the drone shots of like overhead panning over the uh, trees and stuff like that? I find that like mm-hmm. like it, and it's more of like the era that we're in where everyone's doing drone footage because now that they can do it, they don't have to rent out a helicopter anymore. They're doing drone right. shots, and it's kind of like oh, David Lynch. Like there was like there's like some beautiful shots in like Fire Walk with Me of just cameras mm-hmm. panning down the mountainside during the, in like a kind of like in a misty rain setting. They're just like so amazing and breathtaking to me and like this drone stuff is just like oh, it doesn't look as good um yeah and then yeah. An, uh another thought too uh of <laughs> uh, the new episode of twin peaks uh why like really like I, I actually i actually laughed a bit at like some of the humor stuff which sometimes i don't do at twin peaks but uh yeah. the, the 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 revelations of what's going on with uh dr jacoby him oh. him being essentially a fucking podcaster uh yeah that that just like made my day <laughs> yeah i uh to, I like to that sell a lot fucking too. shit shovels shit shoveling shovels oh. i um because as i brought that up before like last week i was like because all you saw was him spray painting the shovels yeah. i was like i feel like something's gonna come from this and then his infomercial 29.99 for quote gold shit digging shovels yeah, that's right you dig and yourself i was like out of my shit. god Dig yourself out of the shit. Guaranteed. That, that's exactly where uh, guys like Dr. Jacoby wind up, though. And they're talking to his yep. audience, too, of like uh, like Nadine. We got our first glimmer mm-hmm. of Nadine again. It's like, yep, she'd be tuning into this. And you get uh, uh, Jerry, uh, the br- Jerry, the brother, um, Horn. He's like hanging yep. out, smoking pot in the woods. It's like, yep, these are all the people who are tuned into that, uh, that Northwest Coast, like stoner, weirdo conspiracy theory culture. That yep. exists out there. Yep. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree. I thought that was super funny. Also made me laugh quite a bit was uh, the board meeting scene with Dougie at the insurance agency. <sighs> yeah. Uh, because of Tom's size more for one. But then also um, the uh, Frank when he drinks tea. <laughs> yes. It, that scene is so fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah. I was like, I just a big smile went on my face. And I was like, as, it, like, as did as it as that uh, smile went across Frankie's face. Yeah, exactly. Because they're like that actor fucking nails like just pure joy <laughs> and like like surprised excitement. He's like, yeah, I do like this, man. That was very good. I yeah. liked it a lot. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I was glad to see um, uh, Caleb Landry Jones, our boy, resident creep, uh, red haired man. Uh, he's awesome. He fits this world a lot. I think mm-hmm. his his like look. And even uh, what's her face that uh, Amanda, was Amanda, Amanda Siegfried? Siegfried? Yeah, yeah. She uh, cause she's got that kind of frog eye looking thing. She's so got she's got both. that she's got the David Lynch beauty that like thing where it's yeah, like exactly. you know, it's like she's kind of off, but she's like really mm-hmm. she's beautiful. But there's something a little there's, eccentric there, and like and like then David Lynch does that beautiful overhead shot of her after snorting a big old mm-hmm. line of coke as because coke is the yeah. still the drug of choice in the Twin Peaks universe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was uh, pretty great. Yeah, no, uh, like I thought this episode was uh, fantastic. I've seen some people like complaining that the um, 
blink Cooper stuff is going on too long. But I have to point out, and I don't know if they, this has been stressed enough in the reviews, is that the show is doing the same thing as the previous uh, series, which is like yeah, each episode is day to day. One episode, mm-hmm. one day, and just goes one, one, one. Oh, yeah. another great moment was like uh, the uh, Kyle uh, McLaughlin uh, as evil Bob sitting in his prison cell and just oh yeah, the, the, here this is or this is food or something like that. That was like the so food's coming. Yep, food comes now. I think food, he yeah. said that would be the food or something like that. And it's just like, yep. And it's like, it's so funny. <laughs> like it's just, yep. And then you get the call yep. back to him. Like, I mean, the show is definitely giving you enough information to like go along oh, with yeah. it. Like saying, Hey, he's still possessed by Bob. And then all, oh, even like creepy, super, super imposition of like Bob's lower jaw over McLaughlin's yeah. jaw. It was like, I had yeah. to rewind that. Cause I was like, Oh dude, how did they do that? Like, cause I was watching in like the room, like yeah. the light was a little off and I was like, Oh, so great. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't wait. All I, good things. I, each week is like uh, something to look forward to. Um, yeah, the uh, the last. Yeah, no, I I agree with you completely. I was gonna say the last thing I'll say is um, what you were saying is some people are like, oh, Dougie's storyline's going too long. Yeah, but that's what I was kind of like saying last week too. Is I can't believe that he's allowed to just do this for as long as he has, like mm-hmm. five episodes in, and he's still doing it. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, uh, I'm just glad he he can do what he wants to because that's what I mean. Like, I feel like anywhere else he would be getting pressure to like, people would be like, "You got to wrap that shit up like yeah. fast." But he's like, "Nah, man, I like Dougie. Dougie's a fun character, and he yeah. is a fun character." <laughs> yeah, Dougie. yeah, Dougie and his coffee. Um, yeah. so after, yeah, so I watched some Twin Peaks and that show is still great. Uh, yes. as far as other things I watched, uh, I checked out this documentary <laughs> called The Dungeon Masters, uh, oh, no. which is a documentary from 2009, uh, about three dungeon masters for D and D campaigns. Uh, mm-hmm. so it kind of starts off at like a Gen Con convention, which I guess for the uninitiated is just like a geek convention for like role playing and like card people, card magic people, that sort of stuff. They all hang out and they wear costumes sometimes and they just like are sold. What kind of costumes? Uh, drow, uh, dwarfs, elves, uh, anything under the sun, just costumes, cosplay crap, whatever. Uh, back in 2008, this, I guess was still kind of quirky and weird and no one does this except for weirdos. So it's shot in this way. That's like, isn't this strange? All these people just walking around and there's lots of them dressed that way. Whereas now in 2017, those people all get together in like downtown Calgary and march around in a parade and people are like into it. So it's like Mm -hmm. times changed a lot in like a short period of time. And so anyway, but the story follows like three, like, I guess you'd call socially awkward kind of people who are drawn to playing D&D and running D&D campaigns. Um, And so it's just like, but I mean, they're not even like, I mean, I've worked at a comic book store for like over half my life and I've seen all these people before. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just folk. They have families. They have kids. They can. They're, they're not just like mm-hmm. these like virgin, virginy people that have like no jobs and stuff like that. They all kind of have menial jobs, and they do have like girlfriends, and sometimes they have kids too. So it's not that uh, it's not that weird or odd. It's pretty common. It's just life. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a lot of people. Like I thought this rock mirror was pretty decent. Um, like I thought it, it, it wasn't wasn't too patronizing. Um, it seemed pretty right. honest uh but there's people online that i don't know they, people have the same problem with the one movie a zero charisma that i also really liked because i thought it was like really well thought out and like honest to like geek culture in a way that kind of geek culture wishes it weren't like these things it just pretends those things doesn't mm-hmm. exist and it's just like big bang theory um 
there is sort of right. like a like a reject kind of aspect to this collector stuff and like when you start taking into account like people like on like the like autism asperger syndrome spectrums and stuff like that like those people exist and like people kind of shun them and they kind of initially kind of came to this stuff to find that release and like kind of mm-hmm. in, like they get hardcore interested in this and that was kind of a place they could go but now that it's become widely accepted it's kind of like oh they're just the odd people out but it's like no they've been fans of this stuff for a really long time but so have normal people a lot of normal people have been playing D&D for long long periods of time um, and mm-hmm. it's not like that weird but I don't know it's just weird hangups I think people have that they want to pretend that anything that shows this is like out of date but it's like no those people mm-hmm. still totally exist I see them all the time and they feel pretty left out by the like popularity of like modern geekdom I guess I don't know that's sad but I mean this documentary was interesting it's like the one guy he's like this like you know uh, actually well, the most common thing was like a lot of the shots of these people's houses is lots of like bags of carbohydrates is the only way i could mm-hmm. describe it uh just like just potato chips and bread and buns like everywhere it's just buns buns, buns. Nice. And it, everyone's of course overweight because that's what happens when you just sit around and play games and are on your laptop playing world of warcraft um i've been there man and so yeah i don't know i thought this was like pretty decent uh the characters were like uh, interesting like they weren't like overplayed or anything like that it's just like a slice yeah. of life of that type of life and uh, yeah this movie's got like a fairly low rating on Letterboxd and that like kind of pisses me off because I think it's way better than people give it credit for they think it's making fun of them which I don't think is the case at all um, so yeah I thought that was like I just watched it because I've been re- looking at my own Dungeons and Dragons modules and stuff lately and that stuff is awesome I love looking at it and uh, so I wanted to watch something about it Apparently, there's like a Dungeons and Dragons documentary that's supposed to come out someday, but like that's been in the line for like years and hasn't emerged yet. So I don't know. There's also, uh, actually, I should say that all sounds cool. I would be into that. It's sad that nerds get discriminated on. That's right. Real nerds. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to say there is a new Dungeons and Dragons movie in the works with heartthrob Joe Mangliano. Uh, supposedly to be Deathstroke in Ben Affle- Ben Affleck's Batman movie. He is going to be the lead in this Dungeons and Dragons movie and apparently he is a D&D man. And I don't know if he Lots is of D&D I, dudes. I don't think it's a as you said that new new kind of style dressed up on the street. I think he was a he was a kid in the 70s and he probably oh, yeah. did play D&D. Lots of so people play. Cool. I I know so many people who play D and love D and like fuck. I man, played it for a while. If, if I could if I could run a D and D campaign, I'd give this podcast shit up in a heartbeat. But you know what? <laughs> I when D and D campaigns always fall nice. apart, and it's not worth the effort. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah, <clears throat> it's my favorite thing. It's um, good to know your commitment to. Uh, oh me. man, I I I when I was looking at this, I'm like, man, I should really run a D and D campaign. But I'm like, oh, I'd have to cut something out. I don't know about that podcast. And then I was like, wait, I know how these things go. D and D campaigns go for like four months and then they just stop hard. But look at this podcast. We're coming up on a year, RJ. It's coming up. It's we hap- are. It's happening. Yeah. I'm gonna bail. <laughs> oh. Before all, all this talk of commitment. <laughs> commitment i um, i i'm i'm not that ain't me dude okay i got a f- couple more i gotta get through so i watched okay. this movie called dragon slayer from 1982 i think Neat. uh this is a fantasy movie uh in that swords and sorcery genre uh that usually means garbage uh this movie mm-hmm. is actually pretty darn good rj 
pretty, pretty Des- darn good. Can you describe pretty darn good? Okay, so uh, generally speaking, like you saw, you've seen Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? That's like yes, that movie is like generally regarded as like one of the best swords and sorcery movies. Uh, but I've always found that movie to kind of be meh. I mean, I think the only reason people talk about that movie is because Arnie's in it. And there's some pretty good quotable lines. And there's, like, the one big mm-hmm. sequence that's all done silently with them raiding um, uh, the Fall Doom's uh, dungeon, like his thing. That whole aspect. That, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that seems really sweet with the music and all. But the movie on the whole is not that good. Pretty boring. I always hate when characters mm-hmm. have to all get together and it's a team effort, blah, blah, blah. That sounds kind of generic. So that movie is like right. kind of like held up as like a classic of the genre, even though it's like not even that great. Uh, Dragon Slayer is like relatively unknown, I think. Um, it was a project that I think like George Lucas and like Spielberg helped their buddy uh, Mark – uh, Brooks, I think is something like that. I can't remember his name right now. Help them make this movie. Mel Brooks. Uh, Mel Brooks, not Mel Brooks, made this Dragon Slayer movie. Uh, it was apparently a big box office flop. Nobody cared about it. But I don't know yeah. why this movie's like. Um, it's kind of. Uh, there's a character in it called Tyrion, which is also a name of a character in Game of Thrones. And this no. movie, this movie has a real kind of like that Game of Thrones kind of cutthroat real. This is like the real story of that fantasy story you've always heard kind of vibe to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Like just like, you know, virginal maidens getting just blowtorched by a fucking dragon. Uh, the princess getting eaten by baby dragons, not being <laughs> saved and like being eaten like pretty horrifically like you see like oh it's eaten yeah. through her leg like you see that and it's like this is a disney movie <laughs> like this movie was co-produced by disney and like characters are just like getting shot in the stomach um yeah like it's like surprisingly violent and mm-hmm. like the main character i can't remember the name of the actor either but he's like he was that weird looking guy in abby or um oh god ally mcbeal Tommy, uh, Tom Sizemore? Not, I wish. <laughs> a young, young Tom <laughs> I, Sizemore. I, I never watched Ali McBeal because That's I'm fine. not a nerd. That guy's in it. And he was also in Ghostbusters 2. He's the guy who's getting possessed. Which possess- guy in Ghostbusters possessed by, He gets possessed by the painting. He's like the weird oh, European yeah, guy. Oh, yeah, that guy's the best. Yeah, well, he's like the lead actor in this, and I think that might be why this movie didn't do great because he kind of doesn't exude the lead guy vibe that you need in this sort of movie. But he's well cast in the story because he's supposed to be like not that great at what he does. Uh, right. There's some sweet dreams. Dragons. Um, the story is like actually really well thought out. Like it, every character actually has goddamn motivations. Like nice. it, it's such like it's an it's a total eighties movie in that sense because it's like oh it's like thoughtful and like even the fucking evil dragon has a motivation and like you've a moment where you like consider like its motivations. Um, the can, evil king. Can I ask you a question? Yo, is the dragon like a like um? Dragonheart dragon? Like, does no, he talk and stuff no, like no, that? No, no, oh, okay. no, no, no sassy dragon. Just a, like, uh, giant, like, well, that's it's, it's just like, a, it's like a giant cat that just flies and blows fire and uh, wants to sacrifice every year in the form of a virginal woman. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I see. No, it's, uh, yeah, this movie, like, I liked it a lot. Um, it's really, like, this is the other thing is, like, we were watching this, uh, Lawrence, Corey, and I, and, like, Lawrence <laughs> is like, whoa, this movie's, like, well made. Like, because it is. It's well lit. It's yeah. well shot. The editing's good. It has sort of, like, you don't know where it's going vibe to it, where it's, like, most of these, like, fantasy movies are yeah. very procedural and everything's very predictable and there's an arc to it. This kind of has those, but all the scenes seem to be kind of reinventing, like, that, those those things, though no one caught bothered to re, uh, reinvent anything this movie did. Um, or take away any ideas from it. 
But this right. movie is cool. Uh, it's never come out on Blu-ray. It's only on like DVD, uh, which I think is even out of print. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I honestly, like, I grew up never watching this movie. No one really talks about it. Uh, people talk about Willow and Legend all the time, but those movies like aren't very good movies in some ways. It's been a while since I've seen Willow, so maybe it's actually not bad. But like Legend is a very beautiful bad movie um, with like wicked well, Tim Curry demon. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some neat looking stuff, but that movie's like not great. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Dragon Slayer is like, should definitely be checked out if you're into that sword and sorcery stuff. It's like at the top of the heap as far as stuff I've checked out. Uh, and then I went on a music documentary kick very briefly. I watched a Uh-oh. documentary on, uh, it's called Synth Britannia, just about like synth pop and its history in like uh, like late 70s, uh, early 80s uh, England. Uh, okay. I didn't really know much about synth uh, like history and stuff like that and like how the influences all came about so I thought this was very insightful um, I kind of like mm-hmm. watched this because I went on a huge kick of like tracking down a bunch of music to put together for a playlist uh, and kind of uh, playlist uh, like a sex playlist no uh, it's like I think it's got a title like 80s haunted pop synth because there's this particular mm. sound I've been picking up on that I really dig. And I was like, oh, I should find out more and find out more bands that I don't know. And just building it okay. up. Watch this. And it kind of it did. Like, by this point, by the time I watched the documentary, I knew a lot of what it was talking about because I read the Wikipedia entry, which I think t- probably took a lot from this documentary. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was interesting. It laid out everything well. Uh, it's I, I love the music. And then I watched uh, from the same director, uh, Krautrock. It's just like oh, nice. It's just like the history of like uh, German, like West Germany, trying to break away from like shitty German pop music, and like the guys mm-hmm. who were doing that, like very like uh, sticking to their roots type of krautrock stuff, like uh, Kraftwerk and whatnot, which became a huge influence mm-hmm. on the synth British stuff. Uh, so yeah, uh, those were both good, insightful documentaries on a genre I wasn't totally familiar with before, and now I know a little bit more. Hmm. Yep. Can I uh, tell you something? Yes, you can tell me something. Uh, I've uh, had I've had this idea for a long time. If I ever make a band, <laughs> we'll be called Kraut Daddy. Okay. And uh, I'm not going to tell you what kind of music we play, but uh, let's just say it would work well at a D and D game. This Kraut Daddy. Hmm. Are, are are you? Fam- so that's my input. Uh, okay. Are Are you familiar with the dungeon synth genre? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give away too. I don't want to play too many of my cards at once in case anyone's listening and they steal my ideas. All right. Well, folks. I'm looking at you, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. That that weirdo who rates Hook at the bottom of Steven Spielberg Borg's Steven Spielberg's rankings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He knows what I'm talking about. He knows. What, what's your opinion on Hook? Uh, I remember he used to be on TV all the time. Uh, I I think Robin Williams looks like fucking stupid in that movie. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Wait, you're the wrong guy to ask because you hate Robin Williams for some reason. Um, yeah, Robin Williams. Okay, well, never mind. Hook's awesome. Everyone loves Hook. Uh, <laughs> you guys are both wrong. So yeah. I, I got to tell you, one day I'll have to tell you maybe uh, off the podcast about the uh, the the conspiracy theory about Hook, and uh, oh, no. and Steven and Steven Spielberg's links to uh, like child pornography 
and like oh come on <laughs> yeah it's it's in print just look up apocalypse Wait. culture 2 or adam perfect i'm not, not going to yeah you will how uh yeah rufio's can... rufio's like clothing style is very similar to that of like like pseudo child pornography of the was same he, period was of time he in charge of the costume department hey he signs off on everything He's gets say he gets final okay. say. Okay, 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 okay. His next movie is that uh, stupid Ernest Klein book, Ready Player One, and that's got a bunch of kids in the internet. So we'll see we'll see if there's any weird stuff there. Okay, okay. that'll be the tell. Deal. We'll talk about it then. All right, that's that. Uh, right. Hey, oh, actually, fuck, we've been talking an hour. Uh, do we have any news? I hope not. Uh, I do. I have one piece of news for you. Okay. Uh, Criterion related Criterion Collection alumni Terry Gilliam has stated that he finished his filming of 20 year in the making movie The uh, Killing from, of Don Quixote uh, is it Killing or The Man from Don Oh, it's, Don I don't even know his Don Quixote lost, movie lost in yeah, it been, yeah. yeah. His Don whatever Quixote that is his Don he Quixote. says he's done okay. now and uh, I guess it's been 20 years in the making so that's news right yeah I guess of a sort. I guess that's it. That's all. I have nothing to say about it. I've never read Don Quixote, so I don't really care. I just heard he's been making it for twenty years. Outstanding. Link later style. Uh, all right, cool. That's it. <sighs> After the break, we'll be talking about the unbearable lightness of being from nineteen eighty-eight, directed by Philip Kaufman. Oh man. Fill in or make any better. I know you see other women. I know it. 
Take off your clothes. I can't bear this lightness, this freedom. I'm not strong enough. I'm weak. I'm going back to the country of the weak. And we're back. And tonight, we're talking about The Unbearable Lightness of Being from 1988, directed by Philip Kaufman. Uh, This is a summary from Letterboxd. Nice. Thomas is a doctor and a lady killer in 1960s Czechoslovakia, an apolitical man who is struck with love for the bookish county girl, country girl, Teresa. His more sophisticated sometime lover, Sabina, eventually accepts the relationship, and the two women form an electric friendship. The three are caught up in the events of the Prague Spring in 1968 until the Soviet tanks crush the nonviolent rebels. Their illusions are shattered, and their lives change forever. That's that's it. That's the whole movie. Um, sure so, Unbearable Likeness of Being is one of those movies that I, like, it's got a really standout title. Yes. It's like It's like, whoa, that's a cool title. That sounds mm-hmm. like a pretentious book. That's got to be really, really good. I remember like Roger Ebert, uh-huh. uh, his four-star review for it in 1988. It's always kind of been on my radar as a movie. I got to check that out sometime. Oh, it's in the Criterion Collection. But it's also been out of print for a really long time. So it was just like not uh-huh. not on the not in the cards for me to watch. Um, mm. So uh, this was the first time view for me. Uh, I just want to throw out there. So this is an adaptation of a novel uh, that was written in 1984 by uh, Milan Kundera. Uh, and uh, let's just see here. Here's the line from the Wikipedia page under film. In 1988, an American-made film adaptation of the novel was released starring Daniel D. Lewis, Lena Olin, and Juliette Binoche. In a note to the Czech edition of the book, Kundera remarks that the movie had very little to do with the spirit either of the novel or the characters in it. (laughs) In the same note, Kundera goes on to say that after his experience, he no longer allows any adaptations of his work. (laughs) Um, Which I I I didn't know that watching this movie. Uh, so first of all, I'll I'll go through my experience watching the movie. Hey, I forgot that Daniel Day-Lewis was in this movie. That's cool. Daniel Day-Lewis is great. Uh, and this is one of the, he's not in that many movies. Like 
Uh-huh. He's like in what a dozen movies or so. He's like super like he's like the true method actor. He gets really into his roles. He really disappears mm-hmm. into it. Uh, so here he plays uh, a guy who looks a lot like Ted Bundy, uh, renowned like <laughs> legit lady killer, serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, we're sporting that uh, turtleneck and brown jacket. Like the only thing <laughs> he's not doing is driving around a like pow- powder blue Volkswagen. Um, mm-hmm. And, and instead of like strangling and uh, dumping women uh, in the woods, he's just fucking them. Uh, mm-hmm. I, this is supposed to be a charming, lovable character. <laughs> I don't know if maybe it's like this movie was made in 1988 and more like innocent times where rakish characters like this were okay and acceptable. Yeah. But in this, he's kind of like, I don't know if I get, like this guy's kind of just a piece of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um,. And then I noted, yeah, there's, like, a lot of, like, sexy voyeurism in this movie with, like, mirrors and, like, boobs and butts and panties mm. and uh, some very shapely bottoms. These people definitely were uh, doing their aerobics because it was the 80s. They weren't doing that CrossFit stuff yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, there's, like, the sex pest stuff with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis here as Tomas. His, uh, t- he's like, don't worry. I'm a doctor. That Take fucking off your clothes. That fucking line. I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's like <laughs> so is so misguided. Like, what is what is this movie? And mm-hmm. I don't know. Like this like to me is like, man, 1988, I don't know how this played, but in 2017, ooh, I noted that like so on uh as I was watching this movie, I had my laptop on and I was like, oh, let's see what people say about this movie on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. And, like, very few people that I follow have even watched this movie. Like, it's not, like, a super, like, like in the, I guess, like, in the world of film that I follow uh, for this movie, like, for how, like, it's fairly famous, I guess. It's, like, it's like known. Yeah. Uh, it's in the Criterion Collection. Not very many people have gone out of their way to watch it. I think due to its, like, lack of availability. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, people don't really talk about this movie at all anymore and i'm starting to see why uh yeah the other thing that popped to mind mm-hmm. is like scenes of him in his apartment it was like oh it's like dennis in it's always sunny in <laughs> philadelphia and which is also funny because there's always yeah. the link back of dennis being like ted bundy with his like yeah. his his kit that he has in his car with uh electrical mm-hmm. tape and gloves um next note here is man those weird animal sounds juliette binoche makes as she's oh, Entered, and which mm-hmm. I ask, what is this movie? Um, you you know what my note at that scene was? Is this your one note, RJ? No, I actually have more than one. Okay, note. you know what? But, uh, uh, go, go ahead. <laughs> uh, my note was just Jesus, lady, comma, settle down, settle down, because I thought it was a little excessive. Because like even before the animal noises, she's like, Ring! and she like mon- spider monkey jumps onto him, yeah, and I was like, man. I don't know if I've ever been in that situation. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. I think you're doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Continue. Okay. So that's like the first, I don't know, hour of the movie is just like Tomas's sex <laughs> sexcapades. Yeah. And then there's like, they start dropping this like political stuff about just like, I don't know, all these characters saying, everything's going to be great. The Russians aren't going to do anything to us. We, we're the, the human face of socialism. What's the worst that can happen? Like things like that, that like, it's like, oh my God, like this is like pretty artless. This is like pretty heavy handed stuff. Like, isn't there a more subtle way to do these scenes? Um, mm-hmm. Next note. 
So what about Tomas is actually appealing? He just wants to bone bitches and live without the complications. Like, that's kind of his yep. deal. Okay, which I like, I, I came to figure out later why what that what this character is and the philosophy behind it and the title because there actually is all that um because you know this book is like fairly well regarded as like a classic of i don't know czechoslovakian literature and probably european literature i don't think it's like really well read or talked about uh right now um but anyway i'll get to that too Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I found that the, this political stuff in this movie, I mean, this movie is like set, like the, the crux of this movie is during the, like the, the Prague spring, which is when the Russians rolled into Czechoslovakia and just basically seized it. Cause at one point it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you guys are cool. You can do whatever you want. But, uh, all these dance parties you're having referencing Western music and blah, 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 and free loving and like thinking that you're like not communist mm-hmm. and that's not going to fly. So the Russians gr- show up, they shoot some people, they seize power. And then later on on in the film you get to see like what it's like to really live in uh the under the thumb of uh a soviet union uh right. it's not a lot of fun you got lots of paper a lot of paperwork it's it's shitty uh-huh. i mean at least that's kind of the the story that's told over and over again but i i tend to believe that one uh so anyway the political stuff in this movie i think isn't handled particularly well or tastefully in, mm-hmm. this movie came out in 1988 as the curtain was dr- about to drop um the Iron Curtain. Uh, oh, no. Hey, RJ, have you ever banged abroad while on a train with an old man just sitting there watching? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Uh, and that's kind of it for my notes. I'll say at this point. Hey, RJ, okay. what did you think of this movie? This fucking movie <laughs> is has the fucking balls to be three hours long. The audacity. The book's quite long, the too, I believe. audacity. <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah, right. well, you know what? You know what other book is fucking long? Return of the King. And you know what? They sh- they whittled that down to three hours, too. Yeah. So I don't know what my point was here. I, but, I don't uh, know. <laughs> this movie is so fucking long. And you know what this movie also is? So fucking boring. It is so boring. And there is just like Okay, so this is this is what I think of this movie. Okay. Is this Hamlet I, is this is this uh Henry V boring? Mm, hard to say. Okay. I'm gonna say so, hard to so, say. Okay. Kate. I, I wanna jump in here because I, yeah. I I don't think this movie's boring, but it's I found it very bland. Like I think Kate, that this yeah, this movie okay. is like like it's for the most part it moves motors along like it moves along like the scenes are like all like there yeah, but it, there's not yeah. like there's like it's just like everything about it there's no real like bold decision making like I guess like this movie relies on like the 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 erotica I guess of certain scenes of, like look at this right. sexy chick in her panties wearing this hat from her grandfather's grandfather ain't that hot mm-hmm. and like look at her like just like pawn over that mirror and like oh now there's two women and they're gonna make out like there's like that sort of like uh, i don't know late 80s like european vibe that's like yeah you've never seen this in north america boys (laughs) like Mm -hmm. but it's like okay yeah no one cares about that shit anymore because it's 2017 like no one gives a fuck yeah nobody cares yeah so it's it's yeah yeah yeah, this yeah this is my point um i think like what you said i think a lot of the right pieces are there yeah, it's well put together. It's a competent movie. Yes, I don't think it's engaging in any way, B- 
because very, very much like what you said is I don't I don't root for any of these people other than maybe uh, what's her name Juliet Binot. Binoche, I think. Yeah. Binoche? Yeah. She's wicked. I think she's the best part of this movie. I think she's really, like, um, endearing. Like, he, I, okay. I feel like you root for her, kind of. Um, whereas, say, like, Daniel Day-Lewis, I love him, man. He's one of my f- all-time favorite actors. And I didn't really feel like he did much in this. That's now, just kind of me. Now, is he your all like favorite actor because of, like, his like two movies that he's in. No, that, I said he's really... one. one well, of I'm just curious, but, but the reasons though for that though, is it because of yeah. like just gangs in New York, there will be blood kind of, is that like, would you be like, that's why he's like in your top? Cause like, have you seen like my left foot and, and then my father and all that stuff? Like I that? have. Okay. I have. Okay. No, I, yeah, I like him for those movies too. Like okay. uh, in the name of the father, see, I've never seen those movies. Was the first, <laughs> that was the first, that was the first one I had actually seen with him. Okay. There's a Turkey scene in a prison and you'll know what I mean when you, whenever you do yeah. watch that scene, that's awesome. I love that. But, uh, no, yeah. Uh, in the name of the father, obviously there will be blood gains in new york like all that stuff i've seen him i think i checked and i was a little bit surprised i think i've only seen seven of his movies mm-hmm. but it's like you said he's only in really like 15 maybe yeah yeah it's not so much. i was like i was like that's not bad um no yeah so i think he's awesome but i didn't really think he did much so back to the movie okay i think it's i think it's a well done movie it's well put together yeah. i just don't think it's like i said it's engaging at all because there are certain things that i think don't really work for it uh, like what you said, he's not a likable character. And it's like, yeah, there are movies that don't have likable characters, but, you know, sometimes you root for them. I.E. Uh, Breaking Bad, Walter White's not a likable character, but you root for him nonetheless. He's a, is that, well, is he's, that like, a he's like he's kind of a dynamic example. character too. Like there's yeah. like there's like it's like well, those like that's like comparing like I mean it's an that's an action TV show for the most part. Yeah, though. no, I, I know. I right. was just saying like he's yeah. not a likable character either. But so this kind of reminded me. There's this movie. Uh, with Jason Sudeikis and Alison Brie. And I don't... So Jason Sudeikis is a big actor now. I don't like him anymore because I feel like he's kind of a piece of shit. Like, he's like Jason Bateman where he's like a really smart, like smarmy kind of like uh, like a fucker. But Jason Bateman <laughs> is still charming kind of. That's actually the best example. Jason Bateman is always playing like a really like obnoxious, like unlikable guy but he's still kind of likable because he's kind of a schmuck yeah yeah and so like there was this movie i watched once with those two uh jason sudeckis and allison brie and they were in a very similar situation where it's like well we want to be together but uh we won't we don't want to like fuck other people all the time too does hey what movie is this does allison brie like kind of like saunter around in like panties and like crawl around in front of a mirror yeah what yeah, movie, yeah. What, what movie is this? <laughs> I think it's called Sleeping with Other People or something oh. like that. It came out like a couple of years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like that movie is very much the same where it's like we want to be together, but we can't like stop boning other other people. Mm. And you're like you're supposed to root for them. But like Jason Sudeikis is like a millionaire and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I just want to have sex with so many people. And you're mm. like, why? It's like, why? Why do you feel bad for this? I'm character? a brilliant brain surgeon who could yeah, have stayed yeah. in Geneva, but but <laughs> yeah exactly and so like that's kind of the vibe i got in this and i don't think it's because of the story because i like like we, what we've talked about before like say um red shoes or summertime like I, like romance movies where sometimes it's like 
like not meant to be and they kind of play off of that stuff like those movies i thought were fucking awesome but this movie it just I, it didn't grab me in any way like i was like i'm mm. it's like i don't care what happens at all yeah. to like any of these characters like i have i'm not invested in them i don't really root for any of them like yeah. I, I just i don't that, that's disagree. all it is it's like i don't i don't care yeah. And the big, I think the biggest problem is the like the backdrop of that ch- like the Czech riot stuff or like with yeah, the yeah, Soviets yeah. because I just like I guess if the book was written at that time and it's like different but the whole time I was watching it, it was like I don't understand why why this is like the context for this story I was like what is this supposed to be a metaphor. Okay. Or like, like, you know what I mean? I was like, what is this supposed to mean? I was like, I don't see how this affects okay. the characters at all, would other you, than they go you, out to the country. Hey, RJ, would you like to hear the philosophical underpinnings of the novel that this movie's based on? If you have it ready. I sure maybe. do. Okay. Cur- courtesy of Wikipedia. <clears throat> so when I was reading about this movie, one thing that kept coming, popping up was about, it's like an existential film. And I was like, what the hell's is exist? It? What the hell is existential about that movie? Like, there, I didn't find anything. Like, that stuff usually resonates with me fairly strongly, but this movie, like, I didn't get that at all. It just seemed like this, like, I don't know, like, not libertines, but like, kind of like people exploring hedonism in like the '60s, and then it all comes to a, a shattering halt because of Soviets' no fun party coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what the move. This is what the actual book is kind of supposed to be about, which I haven't read. Uh, challenging Friedrich Nietzsche's concept of eternal resurgence, uh, that is the idea that the universe and its events have already occurred and will recur ad infinitum, the story's thematic meditations posit the alternative, that each person has only one life to live and that which occurs in life occurs only once and never again, thus the lightness of being. Moreover, this lightness also signifies freedom. Tomas and Sabina display this lightness, whereas Teresa's character is weighed down. In the Constance Garnet translation of Tolstoy's War and Peace, she gives us the phrase strange lightness of being during the description of Prince Andre's death. In contrast, the concept of eternal resurgence imposes a heaviness on life and the decisions that are made. To borrow from Nietzsche's metaphor, it gives them weight. Nietzsche believed this heaviness could be either a tremendous burden or great benefit depending on the individual's perspective. The unbearable lightness in the title also refers to the lightness of love and sex, which are themes of the novel. Kundera portrays love as fleeting, haphazard, and possibly based upon endless strings of coincidences, despite holding much significance for humans. Um, I'm not sure if this next part has much to do. I'll read anyway. In the novel, Nietzsche's concept is attached to the interpretation of the German adage. Uh, in translation, one occurrence is not insignificant. Not one occurrence is not significant, namely an all-or-nothing cognitive distortion that Tomas must overcome in his hero's journey. Because mm. uh, so okay, this all sounds interesting, and maybe it's yeah. far more interesting in the novel where it exists. But mm-hmm. I didn't get the sense at all that this movie was engaging with any of those ideas it didn't come off it didn't come off that way to me um i don't know if there was like any natural way like maybe this is like an inner monologue thing in the novel where characters are thinking about these things and it's more pressing there but like other than the war and peace stuff like i don't know was i just like not paying that close of attention like was there nietzsche drops in this that i just like totally like didn't care about is is there something yeah like was it me failing as a viewer i don't think so because I don't know. Like, I just didn't think the movie engaged with those ideas, which is a criticism when we get to who hates this movie, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, yeah, this is a really lousy adaptation of a novel. 
um, with yeah. these with these ideas because like it's interesting because like uh, in general like when you were saying that you found like uh, Julia Benetcher's character Teresa the most intro like the most like gravitated yeah. toward it's like well because her character is weighed down uh whereas yeah. like the other two uh tomas and sabina they're like living life up and they're like whatever uh you yolo like they're living like exactly uh, they're chocolate hey yeah Where G- G- uh, julie benoit is uh, vanilla. vanilla yeah so she's kind of a yeah. more grounded character that's getting caught up in all this and so like tomas is like yeah. kind of like yeah i want to i want to change her up i want to break her down i want to add some chocolate syrup to her and swirl around you know what i'm saying <laughs> son yeah so okay so the director of this movie philip kaufman uh he's yeah. the director of such films as the invasion of the body snatchers from the 70s the right mm-hmm. stuff uh quills also five hours uh quills a little movie yeah. uh all about that marquis de Sade you're a big fan of these days uh, and uh rising sun starring wesley snipes and sean connery <laughs> ah neat amongst some other films but yeah so i mean yeah. like, he is very much like uh, okay at director like he's a journeyman yeah. director he's like no, no he's no one's favorite director i'm pretty sure um yeah just like i don't know if this is anyone's favorite movie uh i, I doubt it i doubt it because i don't know someone would be like really a big fan of watching this mm-hmm. uh yeah i don't know uh um, yeah i hope not man. no uh what 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 notes do you have rj for us uh my first note is the music is too loud <laughs> that's another constant complaint of mine the music in this movie is so fucking loud maybe you're because they talk so quiet and i i crank up the volume and then as soon as like as soon as i crank it up like this weird fucking polka music cuts in it's like burr, burr, and it's so loud okay i, I don't know did you i, not I, get I did that? not have that experience <laughs> well well i don't know then but my version of this movie, and if anyone else watches this, please let us know. The music is so fucking loud. It was just like, it's like I don't like this. It bugs me. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, know what I had was pool cheese. And I meant to write pool chess, but I wrote pool cheese. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with it. I all think right. that's pretty neat. That scene with all those uh, old guys eating the cheese in the pool. And then the, and yeah. then the girl swims by. Yeah. That would be a movie. Um, heck of a picture no, yeah so like some of the notes I wrote was like the things that I was saying to you that I don't think it really conveys any of the stuff that it's trying to but uh, some of my notes about the movie itself why does Stellan Skarsgård live in an apartment with curtains everywhere uh, I don't understand is that a European thing yeah I forgot about that old Stellan Skarsgård he's he's Criterion yeah. alumni now too he's, he's, he sure he's a d- double doubles yeah. So why is his apartment covered with curtains everywhere? What I, what what the fuck does that mean? Fuck if I know. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this movie does really dumb artsy things, like when Daniel Day Lewis takes his shoes off and goes to feed the swans, and you're just like, why is this in this movie? And then there's it so looks like nice. this, this movie's like three hours long. Yes. And at least an hour of that is uh, stuff that doesn't need to be here, where it's just music playing and like Daniel Day Lewis is like touching Julia Benoit like in the face. And you're just like, yeah, I get it. You're building on something here, but you don't need this much time for it. Mm-hmm. That's how I thought, at least. Uh, yeah, he's really creepy. He's a pervert, a sexual criminal. If uh, you will, uh, there's sex one pest. thing. I like my words. I like sex yeah. pest. Yeah. Sex pest. Okay. Uh, there's one note I had that's a full on 
behind Booty Scoop. And I wrote 1940. So at 19 minutes and 40 seconds, there is a full on. He's got his arm all the way underneath and back up. And oh, booty scooping. oh yeah, booty scooping. Yeah, there's there's like some some like uh, I don't know. Booty scooping's good. Uh, clam diving. Like there's just oh, yeah. like yeah, there's like some real reaches, like deep deep yeah, deep some, di- deep dives. Yeah, some raw cuts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, pretty well, I just. I, I thought the the pig was pretty nice. Yeah, I thought that was very cute, and uh, the basket full of puppies was cute mm-hmm. until they had to um, euthanize <laughs> the one. Oh, but that for, was. Uh, but no, okay, yeah, hey, no, it okay. was it was a it was a nice scene. Yeah, like, it that, was that, it was lucky. that like that movie. I think the movie actually might very well have at this point the best representation of people with their pets. And yeah. their no, and, I, their, and I, their and their compassion for their pets, like they actually like really like because he rushed because hey, d- despite uh, Tomas's questionable checkered sexual past, he like yeah. runs out and gets that goddamn dog, like he's oh, yeah. he's on that dog. He's like, oh, I gotta get the dog. He's gotta get the dog. He's like, of course you gotta get the dog. It's like not even a question, no. but he does and he does. So yeah. he's a good guy. And then um, then she takes the dog and and then he goes mm-hmm. and finds out and the dog comes and greets him because the dog's like. Oh, my master's here. Like, I'm so happy. You. And then they get to hang out yeah. with some cows and then he gets sick. And then they have to, and they just put him yep. down because his life's just going to get shittier. And that was really nice. Yep. But no, uh, no I, I agree. You, you do see the full, the full circle from mm-hmm. puppy all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. And that I, like you said, I feel like that's something you don't see very often. So yep. I did like that as yeah. well. Yeah. Real, real pet love. Yeah, real pet love. Yeah. And there were some cows in there, some criterion cows even. Yeah. Yeah. Who who doesn't want to watch a movie with Daniel Day Lewis herding cows, mm-hmm. just walking them across like an old fucking European road? <laughs> That's right. Uh, so at the end, I was a little bit caught off guard. I thought it was going to be a Jules and Jim type of uh, ending. Uh, it, it kind of was. <laughs> it kind of was, but it wasn't as intentional. No. So you, you just go off into the we'll white, get there. Go off into the whiteness. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Off. Jules and Jim eventually. What's that? Like 400, uh, <laughs> like a, long, episodes. a long time, a long time, but no. Yeah. Like that's what I, I think we're pretty well on the same page. Like, yeah, I, it I, seems I like, don't... it seems like a good enough movie. It's just like, it's not it's forgettable today's standards. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not it's, that good. Yeah. Time, time has not been kind. I guess like, I don't know if people really love this movie in the get go or if people have always felt this way, but certain critics are like really into it. I think like Pauline Kale and Roger Ebert, all oh, they loved it. They loved it so much. It was transgressive, yeah. but now it's like, it. it's so very quaint. Like it's, I don't know. It seems like uh it's like the worst kind of bland eighties dramas that were coming out. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Very like, I don't know. I would never watch it again. That's for sure. I'd be like, Meh. stay yeah. away. Three hour movie. Um, Oh hey, like this is off topic, but fuck yeah. The other yesterday, I got my uh, Ghost World Criterion Blu-ray in. Fuck, that's a nice. That is a nice package, boy. Uh, I was like nice thinking package. about yeah, nice package. Oh, yeah, uh, I I would. I, that's a movie I'd watch any day of the week, like any time. I'll watch it. Nice. It's it's good to go. Um, and that was. It's well, like we'll yeah. get there in ten years. Oh my god! Yeah, when it's, we cover yeah, it. it's it just came out, so it's it's a long wait. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, the dog dog was good. Uh, I don't know. I have nothing. I don't really have there's, any more. There's not a ton to say to be honest. Uh, it's it's like, all compl- honestly, it's just complaints, which is like yeah, it gets kind of boring. I have no new thoughts to add to this movie. It just seems to fail yep. in a lot of ways. Uh, your parents yep. might like this movie and might be like, oh, 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 well that this is a bit hot, and uh, I don't know because it's like pretty inoffensive. It's yeah. like everything's like surface level uh they took out yeah. all that like uh philosophical shit that uh i don't think would have played mm. well with the cheap seats 
Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure, like, yeah, you know, the cheap seats were filled up for this movie. <laughs> yeah, at the at the at the old Creepsville Squ- uh, Square Plaza Theater. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I bet my parents would have liked this in '88, mm-hmm. but now if they watched it, oh, they would have been like, "Fuck, God. what a boring God. fucking movie." Yeah. Yep. Pre- yeah. Pretty much. Pretty There's not enough abs. You only see Daniel Day Lewis shirtless for like a second. Yeah. But hey, the, hey, those butts, RJ. Those are some mighty fine they're, butts. They're not because they're not long butts either. They're like legit, no, they're, they're, they're like they're like nice, calmly round butts. The way Apple that the, the, those butts have aged well. Those butts have aged well. Mm-hmm. I can I I endorse this statement. <laughs> those butts have aged well. Mm, it's kind of going back to your comment about how uh, the Wonder Woman movie uh, has only a few holes in it. And... Well. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. hey RJ, who hates this movie? Probably a few people. Well, yeah, this is like it's been a while since yeah. we had like half stars being tossed around. Yeah, Lance, Probably gave, a few Lance, people. Lance rewatched this movie, gave it a half star. Fade to white. Ugh, <laughs> this movie sucks, and I just realized that I've always hated Juliette Binoche and Daniel Day Lewis. Oh come on! Yeah, I mean, I who think, hates Daniel Day Lewis? Lance does. Um, oh, Gavin Mivius he gave this movie one star, and uh, he says a friend of mine bought me this book when I first moved to New York City. It's beautiful. This movie is not the book, not by any means. In fact, <laughs> this movie is a boring generic drama, and I was oh so disappointed in it. The film drops all the subtlety and all the existentialism. It just becomes a list of the events that occur and nothing more. This film commits one of the worst crimes imaginable. It's just so ordinary. Wow. Mic drop. <laughs> take, take that, fuckers. Keyboard drop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a few other people that just said, not that great. I don't know. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a bad movie. It's just bland. Blandy, yeah, Blandy there's, Magoo. There's just not much going on, man. No. Sorry, Criterion. I'm I'm glad this movie's out of print. I guess. Good. Me too. Yep, it's fine. It's, it can stay that way. Yep. Any last thoughts Oish. about butts and <laughs> butt butts and dumps and then butt clutches? What was that? <laughs> uh, the booty scoop. Booty scoop. Yeah. The booty scoop. I have lots of thoughts on butts and dumps, but I don't think I think we're near the end of the program here and the. Unless you got several hours, I don't think I can get into it. All right. Uh, After the break, uh, Arjun and I will drive off into whiteness down a country road because we're dead. Fingers crossed. ever made love in front of a mirror um again i don't really want to answer these questions because i feel like you're going to use this information in really weird and upsetting ways this is all shades of those comey uh 
uh, questions coming up here on Friday because top Shit. call. You're you're dating the episode, baby. Uh, one day he, one day the orange man might go to jail. Hey, you can email us at criteriaincrease at gmail.com and tell us about your times you've made love in front of a mirror. Uh, we've got a Facebook. Or in front book. of other stuff. Or in front of people. Other things. On a train. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on the Letterboxd. Uh, I'm Jared and I can use Barnloaf over there. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, all those good things. Review, please. Rate us. Subscribe. Next week, spy number 56. Shit. Perhaps this should really be the spy number 39, though, as we're watching the 39 steps. It's the return of Alfred Hitchcock to the Criterion Creep from 1935. This movie is... It's going to be old, RJ. Hmm. There's hypnotism. 35, did you say? Yeah, 1935. Holy fuck, he's an old man. It's going to be old, RJ. Uh, yeah, uh, hypnotism take is, okay. is in this one. Actually, the one thing uh, from that Dungeon Masters movie I was mentioning earlier is like one of the uh, uh-huh. old DM guys. I guess like he got like a degree in like hypnotism. <laughs> and he's like, oh, nice. I haven't been able to find any work, though. <laughs> Oh really? And of course, it's like all oh, these these dudes. It's like oh yeah, they of course they got into hypnotism because like when they were like kids, they probably dressed as magicians and try to hypnotize their mom and their sister and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. cause they want to control people. They want to have control in their lives. But they just can't get it. They just can't seek it out. <sighs> but we're we're gonna touch on all those themes of hypnotism and being a sad bastard who can't get full time work, being supported mm. by his girlfriend. I don't know anything about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, all you women who support deadbeat men like me. Yeah. Good night, folks. Good night. Oh, shit. I didn't record what? any of this. Are you serious? No. Shut up. <laughs> oh, you're such a nerd. <laughs> uh... That's it.